0: Welcome to the Thrive Church weekly message. We hope you enjoy this podcast, and we pray that it blesses you. For any information on this sermon or our other resources, visit ThriveChurch.co.nz.
1: Awesome, cool, cool. Um, so, like, this transition lives a like famously mixed bag of emotions. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do my best not to cry, um, but we'll just see how that goes. Uh, settle down, Ricky. He got banned from the wee house today. <laughs> don't laugh, Luke, so did you. <laughs> and it was my fault. <laughs> 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 but I only banned for a week, so that's not too bad. We're sorry, yeah. You're Pardon? Unless are shopping seriously. Unless you're shopping seriously, don't hide on the shelves. Don't have youth pastors that encourage hiding and go sick. Like, it could have been like Tim Marshall said, let's play Bull Rush. So, <laughs> so I, I just want to give you a little bit of a snapshot about um, what we believe that God's doing in youth at the moment. And for me, like, I couldn't be more excited about the fact that uh, Larissa and Mitch are going to be taking our youth ministry at Thrive and doing the next leg of the journey um, with it. It was was 2015, I think, from memory. I worked it out earlier today. It started 2015, and I was here with a group of youth leaders, and we were praying, and I began to prophesy over Larissa, and I was prophesying, and every now and then when God would speak to me, it, it hits my stomach, and it just... Not just God, to be fair. But then I say things, and afterwards I'm like, oh, I didn't realise that that came out so fast. And so it hit me, she's going to be like an assistant youth pastor. And like, you know, like a 2IC type person building the youth ministry, which I knew straight away was pretty much um, she's going to take over the youth group. And like, if you have been in youth for a while, you know that Mitch and Larissa have just been phenomenal champions over the last three to four years, it's really helping to shape vision, carry the weight, build the dream and all those things. Um, and so I went to, went to prophesy. I went, Larissa, I see you. And then God was like, no, that's just for you to know. And I went, I see you just being loved by God. Uh, I was like, how do I prophesy accurately right now? So I'm not a false prophet or a bad prophet. Um, and so, like, I've been really excited about these guys taking over for the last few years. And like, I've been like, I love doing youth. And I say to Glenn, like, I love doing youth. I could keep doing youth. But when I stop youth, like, my 10 cents is I'd love Mitch and Larissa to take over. That's just why like, I, just, I just see it all over them. And I'm really excited to see them run with this youth ministry and what they're going to do. And I, our, our heart for In Thrive has got such a big heart for the next generation, you know to see to see the next generation walk alongside um, people of, of life and wisdom and just be inspired and uplifted so that the legacy and, and the reward of Jesus Christ gets bigger and bigger because Christianity is is just it's, it's always that you know that one generation it 's always about passing on the father 's heart to the next generation and when the generation catch it then their job is to catch it so they can then pass it on to another. Uh, Generation And, like, you know, Glenn, to me, I've met youth pastors all across the country, and, and Glenn is, like, the gold standard of, of youth pastors in my mind. Um, Ever you know, I've been running youth for, for five years, and I still always feel like, you know, that I'm— I know that it's God's youth ministry, but in the back of my head, I'm like, I feel like I'm still just stewarding Glenn's youth ministry um, because it's just, like, the gold standard. You know, did it for 15 years. And I remember this funny conversation one day with Glenn, and I was about 14 or 15. And like being 14 or 15, I knew really, really well the best way to run the youth group in my mind. And so I had this conversation with Glenn. And I said, hey, buddy, I just, like, as a youth leader, I just want to share a couple of insights to you about what I'd be doing differently if I was a youth pastor. So as a youth leader, here are some of my perspectives. And Glenn stood there, and I rattled off for about five minutes all the areas that could be tweaked and the, the boundaries that just needed stricter consequences. And at the end of the conversation, Glenn said, well, I really appreciate that, but I feel like there's just one thing we need to clarify. You're you're not actually a youth leader. And I really value what you carry, but I've never made you a youth leader. So I just feel right now, we just need to get up that clear is that I don't actually see you at the moment as a youth leader. You're one of, I love having you and all those things. And he went away thinking that he brought clarity. And I remember standing there going, it's really weird. Of all the people that should know that I'm a youth leader, Glenn should know. And, and, it, like, and it carried on like, in my mind. I was like, oh, I'm a youth leader. And uh, because like, you just, you, Glenn would tell us, you don't need a title to lead. You, know, you, you don't need to be 40 to be a great influencer. You know? So I was like, well, he's given me permission to just carve my own territory out, even though I'm doing it wrong. And then... Um, then it was real interesting. So uh, six years ago, I took Glenn out for coffee because Glenn was youth pastor. And I had this conflict of interest inside me because I really felt like God was preparing my heart to take over the youth ministry. And so I really wanted Glenn to recognize me because I was feeling a little bit insecure because like, oh, if God's kind of saying that maybe that he's preparing my heart to take over the youth ministry, maybe Glenn won't notice. So I need to make sure that I'm doing a better job than everybody else. And then I began to think, oh, if I'm going to have that type of thought, I really need to be transparent. So, because it's a bit of an inner struggle, so I probably need to tell Glenn so that I'm being really transparent. So I took Glenn out for coffee, and I was like, hey, buddy, just want to be really real. Like, I love your heart, and I love your vision, but I'm trying really hard for you to notice me because I really feel that I'm going to take over from you pretty soon as a youth pastor. So I just want to be real clear so we both know what's going on. And Glenn's, Glenn's sitting across, and he's like, this is another one of these weird Jared conversations. <laughs> they just don't change, eh, bro? <laughs> Fourteen years between those two, but it's just being part of this youth ministry is is so fun. Being part of Thrive is so fun. Being able to work with incredible young people—that you just—it's just so much fun. And I know that the next. The next season of this ministry that Mitch and Larissa are going to be leading and with the team and what God's going to be doing is going to be really exciting. And I know a little bit um, about some of the plan, but can we just stand right now and put our hands together for Mitch and Larissa as they just come and share some of their heart.
2: Hi, how's it going? Mitch is just grabbing the pulpit because I was really, like when Jared told me he wasn't using one, I was like, oh, Maybe I shouldn't use one, um, but I'm going to stick to my guns and use one anyway. Um, I actually had planned to start with this story that Jared shared at the start about him prophesying over me. Um, and I thought I'd just enlarge enlarge that story a little bit. My brain's really foggy, so um, so just bear with me. But um, basically, this is what happened. Jared, I was sitting there being prayed for, you, and I was sharing these lovely words. And then Jared's like, he got this like fire in his eyes, and he's like, I just see you oh, no, I can't say that. And that was it. Like, that's all he <laughs> that's all he did. And I was like, what do you see? Like, what can't you say? This is, like, that's not fair. That's, like, giving me chocolate and then taking it away. And so um, I would bug him for ages. I was like, Jared, what, like, what did you see? He's like, no, no, no. When I can tell you, I'll tell you. And, um, and I was like, it bugged me for ages. And then um, the next year, was it the next year? 2016. We went over to um, Hamna with... Scott and Lacey, um, and they were prophesying over a bunch of people, and they were giving all these really like beautiful, like specific words, really like clear direction, and stuff like that. And then Scott got to us and just gave us these like they were lovely but just very generic prophetic words, and I was like, oh, like I was feeling a little bit ripped off. I was like, "Dude, like everyone else is getting these really cool like prophetic words, and he was literally like, oh, "I just see God loving on you, I just see um, you guys just being more confident." and I was like. Like really ripped off And then we were sitting in the kitchen That um, that night And Jared just thought he'd like Just like rub it in a little bit more And he was like Larissa guess what I was like what well, He goes you know that word that I can't tell you Scott had the same one And he can't tell you either And I was like <laughs> Are you serious? And Lacey was telling Scott off. She's like, that's like number one rule of prophecy. You don't tell people if you've got a word that you can't tell them. That's just me. And so she was almost going to tell me. And then she decided that she wasn't going to tell me either. And I got really, really ticked off. Anyway, um, one day we're having a conversation with Jared. And he was like, do you guys ever feel like you would want to take over the youth ministry? And Mitch and I were just like looked at each other and flat out were like, no. (laughs) We don't want to do that ever. Um, and he was like, sweet, I can tell you the word. God told me you're going to be youth pastors. And I was like, huh? Well, he was wrong. <laughs> and, uh, um, well, I learned my lesson because God's never wrong. Um, and a couple of months later, God actually just started stirring our hearts. I think probably mine more than you. I was like, I was like a yes straight away. And Mitch is always like a yes, no, yes, no, yes, no, yes kind of person. Um, and so he's just got on board. But. Um,
0: Like, just this afternoon.
2: Just this afternoon. I told him, I was like, hey, like, they announced us as Youth Passers last week, but, like, are you keen? Um, And he was keen, so that's why he's here. (laughs) But, yeah, no, we, um, to be honest, we said um, yes to doing this before. We we still don't really know how it's going to look. We don't know what it's going to look like for our family, for... Um, everything else that we're doing in church, but we just like felt like we needed to say yes. Um, and we're really, really excited about what God's unfolding before us. We can't see a lot of it at the moment. like It's like this big white curtain in front of us, and we're like, oh, well, we'll just see how it goes. But um, it's going to be really awesome.
0: Cool. I'm just going to chuck my creator pastor hat on. Hey, Matt Tolson. Um, can you please turn Larissa's mic down in the fallback? It keeps feeding back, and it's stressing me out so it's much. It's whistling. Um, thanks, man. Plus... Do you want to stay up so I can look at you every time I need encouragement? Thanks, bro. Hey, um, so, Jared, just want to give you some advice. Um, there's a story in the Bible of um, a prophetic guy um, who had this dream of um, seven suns and moons bowing down um, before him, and he... Um, he recognised what the dream meant and he went and told his family hey guess what you're going to bow down before me um, and they almost killed him so maybe just um, take some advice from that next time before you go into the next thing but um, honestly dude <laughs> um, we w- no, nah, I, j- I <laughs> um, That's that was ruthless that was real bad <laughs> I should put the youth pastor hat back on <laughs> No, um, we just wanted to start by just thanking you so much, Jared, Um, for the last five years. um, Not just for being the person that we led alongside, but for actually being our pastor um, and actually walking alongside us in the difficult time. There was one season in my life when just... Everything was falling to pieces. And I literally remember sitting on a couch. Um, It was when Sam stole my girlfriend, who I thought I was going to (laughs) marry. I wasn't going to until you shook your head. Um, Salmon. Um, No, I remember this one time... I was, like, bawling my eyes out. Jared was literally cradling me on a couch, rocking me back and forth. And, like, honestly, I feel like that's such a picture of of who you are and the fact that you will actually take the time to sit with someone, to actually let them just kind of cry, let them, um, you know, get rid of all the anger, tell you all the... Like really stupid stuff they've done. I can't believe I hear like I can't believe some of the people that you've stuck alongside. Like when they just keep doing stupid thing after stupid thing after stupid thing. I'm like, man, you are like it actually blows me away. Um, Your ability to just walk alongside someone um, through some of the hardest times. And if I can do that half as well as you, I'd be stoked. Um, So I just want to thank you so much for that and. And Glenn, I want to thank you as well, because for most of my time, Glenn was my youth pastor. Um, And I remember as a 14, 15-year-old, I was made a youth leader, unlike Jared, who just assumed he was one. Um, But I remember being a youth leader, and I thought being a pastor was the worst thing you could do. I was like, I'm apostolic. I'm going to be vision-focused. I I care about what heaven's doing, and the people around me can... um, bow down and worship me you <laughs> know um, but like it didn't really matter about the people around me and I remember constantly Glenn like Glenn just would sit me down in his office that's now the prayer room and I can I could think of probably 30 times where he said to me hey Mitch you just need to be more, more pastoral. you just like, you just need to care more about people, Mitch. You just need to be more pastoral. And now I have conversations with people who are like what I used to be like, and I'm like, man, don't you get it? It's just all about pastoring people. Being a, and I was telling someone this the other day, I I was like, honestly, dude, being a creative pastor is like 5% about being creative, 95% about pastoring people. And actually, um, but like, I just wanted to thank you for that as well, for actually just just like n- not stopping and like just going man, like I n- I see what you're doing. I think we had similar conversations actually. Where I used to come to him and tell him all the things that he needed to change, and <laughs> um and he just used to be like, yeah, but Mitch, how would that affect this person? How would this affect people? How like how do people fit into this? And um I know that um I like I know that for me um doing this job and working for church would never be, would not be possible if you hadn't taken the time to actually just sharpen sharpen that in me. And so I just, I really wanted to start tonight um, by thanking the both of you because you guys really, um, I know for myself and for lots of people in this room, if it wasn't for you two guys, um, like, just standing alongside me, like, Pushing me over when I walked off the path, and just like giving me those nudges that um that I would not be here today. So thanks for being my dads. <laughs> we um looking forward to um future. Uh, probably the biggest thing that. We want to do is yeah we want to create a space where young people want to be where they want to hang out where they they want to come and learn but more than anything uh, we we want to um, we want to help young people um, to do that journey of being a teenager really really well um, so that when actually so that they're actually ready to become an adult. So that, uh, we, that's, that's, our, that's really, um, we don't know what it's going to look like yet, but that's what we care about, is we actually care about seeing young people do teenagehood really, really well because we know that that will set them up for being fantastic adults and, and, and that that's actually how we change society. Yeah,
2: yeah. that's good. Um, one of the things that I remember, the children's pastor at Bethel used to say, um, was that he was like, yeah, I want my kids to have relationship with God um, and I want them to grow in that, but I also want them to, in future, never get a divorce and never go into debt um, and never get a speeding ticket and just all these, like, hey, you just listed off all these cool things and I'm like, man, like, that's actually a really, like, well-rounded goal um, because actually when you introduce someone to Jesus, then they're invited to go on a journey um, and a journey of um, strength as well and that's kind of, like, that for me has been my picture in leading um, kids and now youth as well, um, that actually I want, I want to see a generation of young people that are living life um, in wisdom and integrity, um, and actually just like representing Jesus in their everyday life. Um, we have a huge heart for seeing unity among young people, um, seeing really strong friendships, um, seeing young people that are um, the first to forgive, um, that are the first to shut down gossip. That are the first to um, to walk away from situations that um, aren't really like the best for them. Um, we also want to see people discipling like their friends naturally. Like it doesn't need to be like this big leader mentor used um, to adult relationship. Like actually, some of my some of the people that discipled me were my best friends. And um, and so we have a huge passion to just see a community of young people that are looking out for each other and building each other up and continuing to push each other forward. Um, We have a massive passion for mental health um, and actually seeing young people equipped and strengthened to manage their inner thought life. Um, And and as Mitch said, live out their, like, teenagehood really, really well. Like... um, I have some of the best memories from being a teenager. Like, it was the best years of my life. But there are many people that I've heard that can't say the same about that time of their life. Um, And so, yeah, I'm really, really passionate about seeing people emotionally healthy. The other thing is that, um, and I had this word when I was a teenager myself, and I thought it was just kind of for that season. But um, I feel like it's actually something that God has just put as a mission over my life and our lives, um, is that young people would be redefined. Um, I remember at the time that God gave me the word, there was um, a bunch of articles on the news about young people driving without licenses and getting in accidents and um, uh, like just huge, like just this huge negative picture was being painted of young people at the time. And I just remember God being like, that's not, that's not my story that's not the young people that I see. Like, I want to see young people rise up um, that, as I said, are living in wisdom and integrity. Um, And I just feel that North Canterbury is actually going to be known for the young people. It's going to be known for, um, like, every time, I don't know, a young person walks into um, a job interview, they're just going to, like, ooze. That is a really odd word, ooze. But we're gonna stick with it. Um I see people like oozing Jesus' love and his kindness and his grace, um, and his righteousness as well. So yeah, that's a little bit of our vision. As Mitch said, we don't know how we're gonna get there yet, but we'll get there.
0: I've been trying not to say that but ooze just rhymes with poo's um,
2: He's a dad. <laughs> You have to forgive his
0: humour. There's just another group of people that I want to um, thank that are here tonight. If you're a youth leader, someone that's Jared, Jared has told you you're a youth leader. um, (laughs) Do you want to just stand quickly?
2: He actually never told me I was a youth leader. I don't remember ever having that conversation.
0: Yeah, bro, be be the leader in the room, Ricky. Awesome, so we actually just wanted to thank you guys because yes, like this is, you know, Jared's been a youth pastor and it's his ministry and if you guys make mistakes, like go to the warehouse and get kicked out, it's his responsibility to what, you know, he's responsible to Glenn for that kind of stuff. Um, but actually, the truth is that you guys are the ones that actually you know, set culture, you guys are the ones that make stuff happen, you guys are the ones that... Um it's actually, when it comes it's actually your youth ministry, Um, and we just wanted to thank you guys for for running alongside Jared, for putting in um, all the extra time. Being a youth leader is probably, I reckon it's one of the hardest areas in church to serve in, because you don't get rostered on. You're either a youth leader or you're not. Um, It's not like, oh, I'm a youth leader this Sunday, but I'm not a youth leader um, next Sunday, uh, or like, I'm not, you know, doing this, but actually, if you're a youth leader, it's a full-time commitment, and So we just wanted to thank you guys for making that commitment to the young people in our town to actually say, you know what, we believe that they have future, that they have purpose, and we're really, really excited to um, have you guys around for dinner over um, the coming months and dream with you and plan with you and come up and, like, see what God's doing, see what God's saying to you guys, Um, and we we really believe in you. We're super excited um, to walk alongside you guys over the next year's.
2: Awesome. You can sit back down. You're all really good looking, by the way. That's what pastors say. So, I guess I could better start coming up with those like corny lines. There. Eh? Um, no, I just wanted to um, honour Jared myself as well because um, I remember I had been going to a church in town for about five years, and I came felt really called back to Ringarut, so I came back to church, and within about two weeks of me just kind of going along to youth group and stuff, um, Jared asked me out for coffee, and I was like, oh yeah, sweet, I'll go out for coffee with Jared. Um, and this was back when the Blue Rooster was still there, so we went out to the Blue Rooster and sat on the couches, and Jared was like, um, I just wanted to take you out for coffee and invite you um, to open up to me any areas that I might be missing. And he was like, I am aware that you've been under different leadership, you're coming in with fresh eyes, um, and I just want to tell you that you are more than welcome to actually just speak into my leadership style and tell me if there's anything that I'm missing. Tell me if there's anything that we've just like, we're just not thinking of. Tell me if there's something that you think we could do better. And I just remember being so blown away by his humility as a leader to take someone who had just started coming to his youth group out and say, hey, um, I want you to speak into this youth ministry. I want, to, I want you to sharp, help sharpen me. I want you to help um, help... Um, me see my blind spots, and it takes a really, like, it takes a really strong and brave person to do that, Um, and and I have always, that's always blown me away about you, Jared, is just um, your complete lack of pride in in the way that you lead. You have always been um, so open to people um, giving you ideas. They might not always be the best. Like, one of my favourite things about Jared is that (laughs) He actually gave me a lot of room to try things out and to fail. (laughs) And he didn't kill it when I failed. If I came to an idea, it came to him with an idea and he thought it wasn't that good, he'd be like, you know what, we'll just try it. Um, And some of the times they didn't work, some of the times they did work, but I grew so much because he had given me that freedom and he'd empowered me to make decisions. Um, And yeah, I just really, really want to honour you for that, Jared, the fact that you let people that were above you speak into you but you also let the people that you were leading speak into um into your leadership as well it was really it was you were like the perfect person for me to lead under because I'm not a very humble person and so I learned a lot through you and I've completely changed the way that um I look at leadership because of you uh, also um when I started on staff about two and a half years ago Jared and I often didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. and In fact, we often would think the complete opposite about a situation. And um, there was a bit of butting heads. I remember one particularly tense conversation in the front office. I think I'd just taken over the kids' ministry, and Jared was trying to be really nice and pastoral and asked me how things were going. And I was like, back off, I don't need your help. <laughs> that was essentially how the conversation went. But through all of that and through all of my pride, um, Jared just embraced me with so much grace. Um, and waited till I was ready to come back and apologize, Um, which I think it was really big of him. Um, And yeah, I just want to, like I actually wonder if we could all stand and just honor Jared for his leadership. Um, Jared, I really felt when I was sitting down the back that you're not stepping down, but God's calling you up you're stepping up into something. And I know that you um, aren't 100% sure what that's going to look like. But God, I just see this, like, this huge adventure in front of you. Um, And, yeah, I'm really, really excited about what you're about to do. Do you want to pray? Oh, yes. I had this really great corny idea, and there's no cool way to do this. Um, But I'm going to do it anyway because... Um, that's another thing that I've learned from Jared. Even if there isn't a cool way to do something, you just do it. So, um, <laughs> Jared is a um, very cuddly man. He likes hugs, and it's a really nice, hot, sweaty environment. Um, but, Jared, I was wondering if you could just come up on stage. Or oh, just there. That's good. That's good. Um, and I actually, this is like, I actually got this idea from Call cool the Midwife. Um, <laughs> Because it's a really great show and I've just, I've just finished it and I'm really lost. Um, but, <laughs> but we're going to celebrate Jared. And I actually was just going to invite you guys, um, if Jared has had any form of impact in your life, um, I would love for you to just come, give him a high five, give him a hug, tell him thank you um, so that he can actually see how much of an impact he's made in this room. Um, so yeah, we're just going to, Mitch, do you want to start us off? You can play some, keep playing some beautiful music, but we're actually just going to honor Jared um, and just show him how much he means to us. Even if you're not a huggy person, just do it for Jared.